Hello, everybody, and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I am Charles Curtis, and uh, this week's guest is a special one. It's a voice you've heard a lot on this podcast because he used to host it, and he's still a Taco Bell and sandwich and, most importantly, MLB writer for uh, For the Win and USA Today Sports. It is Ted Berg. Hello, Ted. Greetings. You're in Florida, right? I am. I am in lovely uh, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, as we speak. Beautiful. Um, and, and I'm having Ted in here to talk because uh, MLB season, uh, Major League Baseball, is right around the corner. Uh, surprisingly, it just doesn't feel that way because it's February and it's cold. Uh, but spring training is about to start, and that's why you're you're in Florida. So I wanted to kind of talk to you. Oh, it started. It started, Charles. It's it is on. <laughs> well, what have you what have you seen so far? What have you encountered in your first couple of days in Florida? Uh, well, I've I have only been to Mets camp so far uh, because they were one of the few teams that sort of opened to media yesterday. Today was really the day for a lot of teams to have their first workouts. Uh, a bunch are having first workouts tomorrow, uh, so I have seen a lot of Mets players sort of throwing and jogging. <laughs> and and already, are you uh, are you envisioning a a championship for them? Uh, hopefully, for us, uh, you and me, who are, are outspoken Mets Mets fans. I mean, that's the kind of the thing about spring training that's awesome, especially this part of spring training, is at this point, like, I'm going to go to the Marlins on Thursday, and I'm going to leave being like, maybe the Marlins will win a championship. <laughs> All those guys seemed really good, because um, everybody's ha- happy and, and healthy and, and very hopeful at this point in the spring. Uh, yeah, everybody's got that 162, and oh, look. Um, mm-hmm. What I wanted to ask you about is something you've written about a little bit, and uh, something that, that Major League Baseball uh, has kind of taken over or I should say that, that the, the MLB world has kind of dealt with, which is this, there are free agents out there and they're still out there and there's all this talk of collusion and uh, that, you know, the, that, that these players deserve to, to have contracts and the agents are furious and the players are starting to kind of rumble about it. And I just want to know, what the heck is going on here? And if you can sum it up without going over 20 minutes here, uh, 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 what, yeah, what your take I'm, is. There's a lot. There's a lot to it. And... and... You know, like I don't want to, I don't want to defend major league owners because they've committed collusion before, and I can't promise that that's not what's happening. I don't. My suspicion is that's not really what's happening. It's that uh, the new collective bargaining agreement, which went into place uh, before last season, put in uh, some some much more punitive luxury tax penalties, and so it made essentially like a soft salary cap, especially uh, working against the teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Red Sox, who are your traditional big spenders. And I think when you take those teams out of the market that changes obviously the, the whole nature of the free, free agent market i think that's part of it uh i think part of it is that uh it's very much a feast or famine type league right now we're seeing a bunch of teams sort of tanking at the outset of rebuilding processes or or uh right in the middle of them and and not yet ready to go all in for contention um and i think that that then a uh, part of that uh, is also that this particular crop of free agents isn't really the best, and I, and and I don't want to again, I don't want to knock them and say it's it's their fault that they're not getting giant deals. But uh, if you are a rebuilding club, if you're the the Philadelphia Phillies, who actually did uh, sign Carlos Santana to a pretty lucrative deal, but if you're a team like that, or the Braves, or the White Sox, or any of these teams that are sort of uh, on the cusp of maybe coming out of the rebuilding phase. 
I don't know that your move is signing free agents this year uh, when it's not going to be really your year to contend and when next year there is just a much more compelling free agent class available. So I think you say, well, we punt on you know maybe Eric Hosmer or J.D. Martinez because we think we have the money and the team to make a run at Manny Machado or Josh Donaldson or Bryce Harper next season. Which is just so funny to me because I thought that was kind of the main reason. It's like, well, if you got a shot at Bryce Harper – or a Josh Donaldson, even you know, who is a lesser name, is still as as good of a player almost. Um, I why why spend the money now? And that that to me, you know, and a, a buddy of mine who's a baseball fan also, you know, he I'm me the other day and was like, oh, uh, I should say G chatted by the way. That's the I am is no longer a thing. Um, but I, you know, I was sitting there like, who's really that good on the market? And I was like, well, J D Martinez. But then of course, like I also think about how the the way that the MLB contracts are structured, and it seems to me like. Nobody wants to pay an Eric Hosmer or a, a you know Mike Mustakas for you know two other years where that might be past his prime, which is how kind of MLB deals have been in the past. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. So the question I have is, is like, no, no, you're yeah, you're absolutely right. I think yeah. I think typically you the 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 equation is sort of well, you hope a guy provides surplus value on the front end of his contract because you know that the back end of his contract uh, he, he's going to be old, right? That by right. the time a guy. By the time a guy hits free agency, if you're going to sign him to a long-term deal, he's going to be at least in his mid-30s by the time it's over. So, you know, at that point, you, I think you have to say anything we get out of the guy is gravy. We're paying him for these first few years. And so if you're not in your window to contend in these next few years, uh, then, then what are you doing adding Eric Hosmer? Right. Well, the question I have is, is, is this a sign of the bubble bursting or next summer are we gonna, or next winter, I say, we, we're going to get – a humongous contract for one of these guys and suddenly the prices will go up again see i i think that i I would have guessed that and i would have said everything's going to bounce back there's more money in the game now than there ever has been before and so you know in theory you, you should see more of it going to the players uh but i think that this the luxury tax thing has has really changed the economy and so where i think a team you know the yankees if it was 10 years ago, I think the Yankees might sign J.D. Martinez this year, have him DH, and then still make a run at Bryce Harper next year and just figure it out, right? That's how, that would be the old Yankees-Dodgers mentality would be, we sign the best guys and then we figure out how to play them later. Um, And now I think because you can't go uh, 40 million over the luxury tax threshold without, you know, incurring a steeper penalty because you can't do it for multiple years in a row without uh, losing draft picks or having your draft picks move back. Uh, I think that teams are are rethinking that a little bit, and so you know maybe you know we were saying maybe Bryce Harper gets 400 or 500 million dollars, and now I think you're you know that's that seems like a, a little bit of a reach for him. That's crazy, though. That that means that that the bubble is potentially bursting here, and we're we're going to see. You know, this is the market correction right here, and that seems like. A, I mean, you called it in your in your your post, which everyone should read from from earlier this month, uh, which was why 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 is everybody so mad? Basically, um, you said it was it was like a salary cap, and it seems to me we've hit that that point. Is this good for the game? No, I mean I don't think so. Uh, I... I guess you know that's part of me is is my mentality is just thinking I would much rather the players get the extra money than the than the owners get the extra money, um, and in theory you know the the luxury tax is aimed at competitive balance. If you are taxing the the big spending teams, it becomes revenue sharing for the smaller market teams. But I think what you see too often is smaller market teams, uh, one of them right down the road from where I'm staying, uh, that are content 
to be mediocre and to profit off of revenue sharing, which isn't really the goal of that program. And so I do think it's something, and I think unfortunately for the players, this CBA is, uh, it's in place until 2021. And I don't know that they have a lot of leverage to change anything between now and then. Uh, but I think you're going to, you're going to see maybe some labor strife come 2021 if they haven't sorted out a, a better way to do this. Yeah, it seems like the system's completely broken. Uh, and, and, you know, I thought that it was funny coming into this this winter, I completely forgot there was no, right, no type A, no type B free agency where you sign a guy, you give up a first round pick, um, which was which was tough. And so that's why I was like, oh, that explains it. But no, it is so much deeper than that right now. And obviously those rules are no longer in place. Right. And so there, it seems to me like. How well, now you... if you're so now if you're a luxury tax team, you would give up a second and fifth round pick, which given again that that it's harder to build in free agency because of this luxury tax then it hurts more to give up the the second and fifth round pick so it's like a cycle that operates against the free agent player jeez so uh, how would you fix it um i think they need to overhaul it i mean i think there's a lot of and i don't know that one cpa is going to be enough to make the changes i think that you know among other things i mean it has always been sort of a a a passion of mine, I guess, that that minor leaguers should be paid better and treated yeah. better. And and uh, they they still see none of this. You know, we're talking about uh, major league free agents, guys who have already played six years in the in the league who are getting hurt by this, not the guys who are operating at the lowest level. I think that uh, getting rid of the draft entirely would be a good step towards that and and uh, and not worrying about, you know, right now they have a, a pool for international amateurs and then the draft, I think it should be one giant pool uh, to be to be split, split again, uh, among however many amateur players you want to sign. Um, and I think that they should look at, uh, and this is an idea that uh, I think Joel Sherman of the New York Post wrote Wrote about, or I know he I, he spoke about it on an MLB Network thing, uh, of changing the free agency rules so that uh, players don't have to wait so long, right? Because right now, uh, so many of the best players of the game are making the league minimum for right. the first three seasons of their career or something uh, close to the league minimum. I think you could look at making arbitration start sooner. And I think you could look at uh, making free agency maybe after four years of service time or five years of service time uh, to both uh, breathe more life into free agency uh, and compel teams to, again, invest more in the major league payroll because you won't be able to rely on your young cost-controlled players for very long if they're going to leave to free agency sooner. See, I love that idea. That was I, I was thinking about that, like, well, how do I improve game? I'm running everything through my head, and I'm like, well, these guys are under club control for a lot of years. So, you know, if you want to open up the market, like, get them, get them out earlier so that they're, they're worth more. And, yeah, that would be a good market correction. Before before we go on with Ted, I have to. We have to jump in with our with our awesome sponsors at Mattress Firm, uh, w with a lot of great uh, dad jokes in uh, the ad that we're going to read. Uh, let's keep the ball rolling, shall we? Uh, everyone knows how important stretching is before an event. So does Mattress Firm, except it's your dollar. Your budget stretches further when you're shopping at America's neighborhood mattress store. It's a true home run, and you'll have a ball. They're the head coaches when it comes to mattress experience, but know this. They are more than mattress experts. They have a game plan that helps you transform your mattress into a bed. From adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor, they have you literally and figuratively covered up like your favorite cornerback. Go to mattressfirm.com podcast to see what deals are happening. 
They even offer you a 120 night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120 night low price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. Talk about a one-two punch, a knockout if you will. Score big with a perfect bed. Head to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to get the play-by-play on how you can monumentally improve your sleep today, tonight, and tomorrow. All right. We are back with Ted Berg. Um, Where do you predict some of these guys go? I mean, I'm particularly invested in J.D. Martinez because I'm in an uh, NL-only league, and I have to keep him if he stays in the uh, National League, and I'd like him to because he's a very good baseball player. I mean, it seems like J.D. Martinez and the the – Red Sox have been like squaring off. It feels yeah. like the the like the beginning of a knife fight or something where they're just like walking around in a circle staring at each other. I don't know why he's not on the Red Sox yet. Um, the Red Sox are. It seems like they're in their window. It seems like they should be spending. It seems like I mean they were able to get under the the salary the luxury tax threshold a couple of years ago uh, or last year I think. So so again for. For them, it seems like they should be making this move. Um, I don't know what's holding it up. It seems like it might be just a few million dollars. So I don't get it. Um, all of these guys, the biggest the biggest uh, outstanding free agents are all Scott Boras, and he is known for not really compromising on what he's hoping for from his players. So I don't know what to, to what element uh, that factors in. Um, I feel like Martinez lands on the Red Sox. I feel like Hosmer goes back to the Royals. Uh, in you know the Padres, the other team in the mix there. Uh, Mike Moustakis is a tougher one to figure. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if the Yankees signed him or, or tried to make that move again. There's a there's a luxury tax issue there. Uh, the Cardinals could make a play for Moustakis, and then. Uh, you look at guys like Lance Lynn and Alex Cobb, and I wrote about this too. Everybody needs them. Everybody needs yeah. uh, a 180-inning starting pitcher. So unless you're the Houston Astros or one of these teams like the Tigers and the Marlins where you're just going to be so bad that it doesn't even matter, uh, I don't know why you're not signing Lance Lynn right now. It's kind of absurd, and, and I'm with you about J.D. Martinez. And, and the funny thing is about the Scott Boris thing is – they're just it's a standoff right he he's gonna stick to his guns because he always or has in the past won or gotten close to winning every single deal that he's made it seems like and then uh, well except that time that kendrys morales and stephen drew had to sit out two months because uh they didn't sign you know they didn't sign contracts it it has yeah again not that morales and stephen drew were like surprised off-season uh, acquisitions, uh, they were, you know, those sort of casualties of not compromising. Well, yeah, so I think it, it's it's time for Scott Boris to take a step back and realize that maybe, you know, like you're saying, the, 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 uh, the winds are blowing in this direction and it's time to accept it and maybe, you know, uh, get your guys signed at some point. And I, I feel like they will, right? Like, I think, you know, we're, we're really early in February here, mid-February, I should say. Yeah, I think these guys will be on a roster by the time mid mid March comes around, right? I like, think I think yeah. I think that I, I would maybe there'll be one holdout. I think they start I think the dominoes start falling in the next week and by I would say even by early March all of these guys have found all of the at least the uh the sort of major players and like the you know, guys remaining of our top fifteen free agents will find teams by 
by, by the time the Grapefruit League and Cactus League schedules roll around. I think, uh, you know, a lot of times guys start running on the second day of camp and uh, and something pops or, or something goes wrong, you know, like, and one injury to a big player will, will make you run to that, that phone, I think, pretty quick. So yeah. I feel like they're going to they're gonna wind up on teams, I hope, because it's not the most interesting story to keep talking about, right? When the, <laughs> when the story of the baseball offseason is that there has not been any news. Right, and, and that's been pointed out a billion times. I mean, I, I also uh, uh, think that the, the other story then, and I asked you about this on uh, on our, our group chat, was uh, the, the free agent camp or camps, I guess, that are, that are going to pop up with these players who are just free agents. And I'm so intrigued by that because who knows what they're talking about in that camp and who knows, you know, I think of it as like the NBA equivalent of like, when these guys play on Team USA and they're talking like, hey, you know, come to my team next year. Like, I'm kind of hoping that some of these free agents talking to are like, hey, man, you know, you know, like we're, I, I like you. Let's, uh, you know, maybe see if we can get on the same team together. I'm, I'm making it up. But there, I, that is the intrigue that I hope is happening in these free agent camps. Uh, yeah, I hope they're trying to form their own team and they're going to become like a barnstorming, uh, like, a, you know, like some sort of exhibition club that just shows up and challenges your major league team and sometimes beats them because they would be, if you just compiled all the free agents, a pretty solid major league team. Right, which is uh, absurd. And, and uh, yeah, I hope that you and I are talking about something else by the time that, that baseball season rolls around. Uh, Ted, OG Ted Berg, right, is your is your Twitter? That's correct, yeah, yes, always. He, he is the OG. Uh, and uh, thanks so much for joining joining us and from all the way from Florida. I know you're on deadline, so I will let you go. Uh, we'll hear from Ted Berg hopefully later uh, in, in uh, the offseason before baseball. So thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks, Charles.